Hello ladies and gentlemen, Editor Neba coming to you from the future once again. Welcome to episode 13, part 2 of the Board Game Gateway podcast. In this part, we are taking you through our top ranked board games 5 through 1. This is just of all time and how we're feeling. If you've missed the previous part, please go look at our playlists on podcast, on YouTube, wherever you listen to us, and you'll find it there as it's already been released. But in this discussion, we take you through the big boys as we work our way towards number one and what each of the hosts' favorite board games currently are. We hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. We hope you enjoy this part, and we look forward to you listening and finding out the answers right now. Take care and enjoy the rest of episode 13 of the Board Game Gateway podcast. Yeah, we are going to continue on because we've still got um, some some games to come along. So we're going to start with, I guess I'll start with myself because I haven't started yet. I don't think I've started around. So I'm going to start with my number five. Number five. Here we go. My number five is going to be The Search for Planet X. Oh, I had that as your sixth. (laughs) I'm getting better. (laughs) I think think as we get towards the top, I think you're going to get pretty close. But yeah, uh, The Search for Planet X for me, we've talked about this before, but it is basically my favorite uh, 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 logic uh, puzzle sort of game at the moment my deduction game at the moment it is uh, played through an app where you are all playing as uh, science uh, astrologists I guess and we are all trying to determine where this mysterious planet X is using clues given to us through an app but also through clues given to us that uh, our um, colleagues are also sending out in the form of theories um, they're sending out theories trying to get points to try and help their value and um, but uh, the game is really solid. Look, it is one of those games that is very much a kind of a multiplayer solitaire game where you drop your head and you're all thinking and we only raise our heads. But the the ability to lay the theories down and actually look at what everyone else is doing kind of really bring, really solidifies this game for me because I feel like it's it's a race, but it's not. I don't feel like I'm isolated from yep. everyone. I really do feel like I can see where everyone is kind of going. And at the end of the game, I think is one of my favourite debriefs. It's honestly, I think the game that's given us the best debriefs when we sit there and go, yeah. "You did this, and I thought that too." Look, I love this game too. I'm pretty sure, um, if I remember correctly, Cryptid at my number ten. This was my number eleven. Right. Um, so I was right behind um, Cryptid. I prefer just for the gameplay, but when it comes to overall theme, look of the game tactility how it plays um this game is light years ahead yeah and and for that i can definitely see it being this high what i really like about planet x is um me and you've played quite a few games but blake and i recently just played a game with a friend who's never seen it before and we got less clues at the start and my Mm -hmm. friend who's never played it got more clues didn't help him but <laughs> but um but yeah that was a good way to to show new players like that's that game which is i do great. yeah i like how can you can do that you can go i'm a more advanced player i'm gonna start with less clues and which, then you do which was quite intimidating starting with four clues for the first time it, it was, was rough wasn't it <laughs> so yeah that but we found it around the same time that my friend damien yeah, found it which too, was a good so, yeah yeah so that's yeah so that's my number five um and we are into the big boys at the moment so ralph we're going to go to you for your number five uh a second one of this round sure thing so number five is another worker placement game uh it's a fairly big boy uh this one is anachrony oh yeah so this is a sci-fi themed um worker placement game which i've mentioned once before on the podcast but what i really love about it is uh because it's sci-fi time travel exists Uh, and say at the start of the game i really need this resource but i don't have access to it yet i can get it from the future and then you teleport that piece from the future to yourself but the thing is when you get to round six you need to pay it back 
but you need to build the relevant machine to go back that far in time to actually deliver. If not, a paradox happens uh, and you could glitch certain parts on the board so that's not accessible to you. And you can also travel back to the same point in time. So normally you will only have one worker. Uh, in this example, you have one worker. But if you travel back in time to the same point in time, you can go. You can use that same worker in a different spot. But then, there's two of you in this there's point, two of you in that, in that timeline. And you can <laughs> that's it just yeah. exploded. It's a board game that just <laughs> nails the theme, uh, and it's a crunchy game. It's everyone's got asynchronous races and abilities and. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic worker placement game. I just want to play more and more of this game every time. It reminds me of the movie Looper, which I a little bit, yeah. Like the idea of that, you know, I'm an assassin and I have to send people back from the future, but I'm eventually have to kill myself, sort of thing. But you don't know uh, yeah. when it's going to happen. That it reminds yeah, me. Yeah, it, it's a bit of that. It's, it's kind of also cool because like the world is going to explode in round seven or something, and you want to make sure you're the superior race that leaves the colony, and then you know everyone else dies. Mm. So it's a bit of a <laughs> in a way uh yeah it's it's really cool <laughs> i just remember the last time you brought this up and that it just intrigues me so much that main mechanic of sending resources yeah. back to yourself that you have to pay in the future pay your taxes yeah 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 so like you don't have to I, I, but there's punishments if yeah. you don't i'm already imagining myself sitting at this table playing that game and just getting tunnel vision in my own little no, world no. and going, no, no, I can't focus on anything I, I, else. I've got to be honest, the, the board itself, it, it's structured in a way where you can see the timeline and you can see yeah. the point that you got that piece from and it's mapped out beautifully. You know, so, it, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that... Um uh, that what is it? That five D chess where you can oh, a little bit like you uh, can take Bang Theory sort of thing. back <laughs> in three p three moves back in the past and yeah, like, never wrap my yeah. head around no. that. No, thank you. <laughs> so that was my number five. That was a macrony. All right, Matt, your number five. Uh, my number five is Crocodile. Oh wow! Well, okay, I did not pick that in your top ten. I mean, yeah. I mean, not only did I have a great great time, but um, I don't think I, I don't think Anna played it, but my son Robbie. He got into it, and it's and like I've been trying to say it's to get a board myself because I think it's something that we'd we'd probably just have set up all the time. Like it's a, you know, it, it as you said, any skill level can play it, mm. um, and it's excitable, excitable. It's exciting to play with anybody as well. So it doesn't really matter who your opponent is, how terrible they are, it doesn't mean that you're any better or anything. So it's a good fam- family fun game so. yeah I can see my wife and I in a nursing home one day just playing that <laughs> yeah. you know for yeah. the rest of our days I think it's know? exciting to watch as well yeah. well, it's one of those games it is like, yeah. we have people just sitting around the table just going I, I sat there watching it for like 20 minutes just watching going oh yeah. like, and I take, like you said like Blake you, you got in you played and you did a couple of shots but before you even get your first shot you watch the game for 10 seconds and you're like Oh, that was a good shot. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, know. you don't know what's happening. You don't need to know the rules, but you're like, oh, that was impressive, yeah, you wasn't know, it? You know that was a good shot from the word go, and I think that was great. I think one of my um, one of my favorite sort of stealth rules in this game that um, isn't really talked about much is the rule that once you've sat down and you're set, you can't move your chair, so you can't try to get a bang at better yeah. angle. You can like lean from side to side, but your yeah. chair is set. The official and rules are you can't even lean on the table. I, so I love that rule. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> One of those sneaky rules. All right. So uh, a sneaky fifth place there for Matt. All right. And Blake, to close us out on uh, your fifth fifth one. Yeah. So my um, fifth one is a game that I fell in love with pretty quickly when we when we played it. Um, and we've played it recently. It's Root. Oh. oh that's, no, all right. Okay. It's one of those. Um, the, 
it looks really cutesy and you know you're playing these little animal factions you know cute little ravens and and, ca- and cats marquee cats and but the gameplay is anything but cutesy <laughs> it's very cutthroat and backstabby as i found out in my second game when damien decided to stop taking it easy on us and took out my headquarters building on the second move that i left undefended <laughs> um your stunned face of just ah. Oh. Yeah, you can do that, can you? You can do that, can't you? Oh, no. It's a rough game. It's yeah. A, it's a, yeah, this game has a lot of depth, and with the amount of expansions that this game has of different... Um, and the, the different clans that you can play, they vary so wildly. Like, it's not just you have a passive, different passive. They all play differently in the order that they do things, the way... Like, you know, the cats are your basic RTS, you know, you get resources, you build buildings, but there's other ones where you've got to play cards and and the cards represent actions. You've got to do those actions in exactly that order every single turn mm. or your clan's going to go into turmoil and you lose your leader. You have to choose a new one. It's God. a... Or you can play, like, I've always played the, the, the mouse, and the mouse are the underground uh, terrorist organization who just spring out of nowhere and they just go gorilla, gorilla ham on everyone, right? Or yet to winners them yet, I'm going to try, <laughs> I want to get there. Or there's just the solo sort of, um, you know, Elder Scrolls RTS guy who just wanders around the forest. The with, vagabond. You know, vagabond, getting, building items. Never going to let you play, never let you get free weapons ever again as the vagabond. Yeah, it's cool, cleaned up. You're kind of like an arms dealer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sort of help out the other clans and... Um, or screw them over, you know, <laughs> either way. Um, this game has so much replayability because it also play up to, is it four max? Yeah, four player max is what it plays on, but the amount of, like, they currently have, I think, about 10 different mm. uh, factions currently out, I believe. Yeah, there's so a lot of each clan has its own, different maps as well. Mm. Yeah, each clan has its own setup, so the, depending on which clans you're playing, the, the game is completely different every time. And I love it. It's, it's really fun. All right, well, we're going to continue on with you. We're going to go back down uh, this snake order, and we're going to go start with you here, Blake, for your number four. I think this is the newest game on my list that I've been playing, and it was definitely a surprise to me because I think, as people could probably tell from my Uh, list so far, I like my big, beefy board games. Um, And this one's not quite there, um, but I've I've fallen in love with it, and it's Korra, Rise of an Empire. Oh, Oh, wow. I was so tempted to put that on your list. I this, thought after our discussion last week, yeah, maybe maybe it won't be. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's um, I find this game a lot of fun. It's in I think one of the big selling points to me is the fact that it's not a big board game. It plays in an hour, hour and a half max, even with a teach. I think it took us an hour and mm-hmm. a half, and it's just such a neat little game that you can fit into almost any sort of situation. You know you. Well, just last week we were playing a game that we weren't really feeling. You know, we were about an hour into the game. We weren't really feeling it, so we decided to pack it up, pulled out Cora, and went, okay, well, let's get a whole game of this going. And it was just a... You can fit it into almost any situation. Really easy to get to the table. The theme's something being a um, history history buff. I love the theme of it. Yeah. Um, being a ancient history sort of city builder. It's a gorgeous-looking um, game as it well. It is, yes. It's so such a well-designed game. Like I'm, I was a noob last week, and I picked it up. The way the board fits mm. together, all the little um, 
you know, uh, yeah. and I love the spreadsheet of, you know, you're making this cube into a bigger cube to yep. get more cubes. See, it's really interesting <laughs> because you say it's a beautiful board game, but it is just brown with highlights of pastels. And But it, but that works so well for the readability of the game mm. and the game itself. Maybe I should say, clarify and say it's a very clear game. Yeah, right? very, very... It's very concisely yeah. laid out. It, you're not guessing as to where you have to look next for the next piece of information, right? It's, it's very well structured. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do agree. All right, so that was, uh, I, I, honestly, that's not the one I pick. I did not pick it in your top 10. I mean, I, I wow. thought I should have, but obviously now saying that. All right, Matt, we're going to come back to you for your number four. So I reckon my top four you guys will probably pick. So back to a board game, a gateway board game, and this would have been what you expected earlier, I'm assuming, which would be... Oh, I don't know now. I was oh, oh, my, my mind was thinking Quirkle, but I didn't know. Like, nah, Quirkle didn't make. Yeah, it I, top I think Blake and I are on the right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you both like that. Yeah, but that that action, <laughs> that action to the camera can look a bit weird. <laughs> God, um, that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, that's the game, right? Well, it's, still, it's still very unrelated to the action that yeah, the Blake gave. Yeah, yeah, that one. Once that again, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, came out of nowhere. I, I as soon as we put it down on the table, I, I fell in love with. The intricacies of it, once again, not overly adversarial against anyone else, but still has an element of playing with the other people mm. at, the, at the table and possibly being able to, to stuff them up. But another one that I've enjoyed trying to get the, the kids into as well, they have not taken to it as well, then they're possibly just a little bit um, away from the full range of what, you know, of thinking ahead about different moves that they could make and stuff. They're mm. just checking boxes and taking the easy easiest option the first thing that comes to their mind but um yeah I've, I've loved playing that one that's basically well basically extended yahtzee you might mm. you may even call it well we called it sexy yahtzee didn't we we did in call it sexy yahtzee yeah thing, yeah um and and yeah i've played it with a couple of different people just absolutely love it nice and once again really really well laid out easy to follow the rules easy to to get into and then once again difficult to actually master because you're also at the whims of the dice as well so and the other players' decisions too. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So no, love it. Yeah, Fantastic. All right, Ralph, your number four. So my three and four, I keep chopping and changing the order of these two. Uh, it's really tough to decipher them for me, but my number four, I've decided, is Gloomhaven. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. So it's number one on Board Game Geek for a reason. Um, it's a fantastic dungeon crawler. I'm not typically into my dungeon crawlers, but this is another co-op experience where myself and three other buddies did, played this game over a space of close to three years um, where you play a character and uh, you have a retirement goal and you go through the dungeon and you kill baddies and each mission has different variants and it plays like a video game whereas if you've done this mission it means this other mission is locked out for you because you found this thing and you can never do that mission so it's a campaign where the map locks itself out mm-hmm. there's a giant map where you put stickers on there and you go oh we can go to the river and battle this sea serpent and stuff like that um and I'm like, oh, my retirement goal is to kill that sea serpent. And I retire. And it was really cool because when my mate retired first, we got him a little cake and we put a little candle on it. And that was his retirement party. Uh, so we, we kind of made that for ourselves. That was really good. We queued the whole thing. He went away to the kitchen to deal with the kids. And we came back and there was a cake on fire. Uh, so, <laughs> on fire. Not a candle, just the cake on just fire. Just the cake on fire. It was like a, a flaming mo cake. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's essentially what the game is. It's a campaign. We played it over quite a long time. We beat it and we still revisit the game quite often. It since became a PC game and we've put 
like 100 hours into that as as well uh and you unlock characters and all the cards play differently every character has a different feel to mm. it um it's quite incredible and uh frosthaven is coming in a few months for me so um we're gonna pretty much when that kind of lands all my game sessions are going to be frosthaven for some time <laughs> gloomhaven is currently the number one ranked game on board game geek and has been for quite a long time yeah i think, Actually, I think three it, or four years yeah, yeah and it pipped uh the uh, pandemic season one it was, did it, that's what it pipped for the first position at the moment definitely so, a game that i need to play well sure. we all got it as part of epic games uh by gloomhaven free at the moment so we all have it and i think we're we have been talking about potentially doing a an online play all together yep. so i think we're gonna what's really cool is they made the small box version called jaws of the lion mm. which slowly introduces the all the, all of the rules over like five games and then you have another 10 games in that box with all of the rules to it. So uh, it's a really cool. great introductory point. Awesome. Wow. Mm. All right. To close out our top four, we come to myself. And uh, this one is a game that I I really do love. Uh, we don't play it nearly as often as we will say about all these games. Uh, but my number four is going to be Terraforming Mars. I have it at number four. Um, and for me, this is a game, again, this does have a, a kind of a bit of, um, it does have that, you know, multi multiplayer solitaire feel when yep. you're doing your actions, but we do only play it with the draft variant, which is what should be standard for most players. They mm-hmm. do say you shouldn't play draft for your first couple of games, and we found it to be a bit kind of okay but then we introduced the draft and we went oh okay we get the game now the game all of a sudden changed on its head and it became a game about you know so if you haven't played terraforming mars essentially you are all different space corporations and we are playing different cards and events trying to terraform mars and the game ends when we've got it to a livable state for humans um but along the way we've got you can go about a different way. Do you want to be a person who is literally taking care of space events, like dropping a moon onto the planet to create heat, or do you want or to be like, a uh, redirecting an asteroid to hit it? Exactly yeah, right. Do cool. you want do you want to be the person who works on like you know the the forest tiles and has a lot of like introduces animals? You can do that. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's a long game. It does like at four players uh, with the drafting. We'll play in about three to three and a half hours. But it is one of those games that where every time we come out at the end of it, we're always like, oh, that was so long. Mm. Look forward to the next time. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think there was a few weeks there where we played this three or four weeks straight in a row mm. every session. Burned us, yeah, uh, to be honest, did burn us out a smidge on it. But we also now we didn't have the prelude uh, expansion which we do now, um, and that really does help speed up the beginning of the game because it gives your company some focus and yeah, you can be it, like, okay. it gives you starting production as well a little yeah. bit too. Yeah. What I really like about um, like each round is a generation in the game, yeah. so it kind of f- fits that sci-fi theme. Where I was like, okay, well it's not going to be livable until another 200 years from now i'm like well that could happen surely <laughs> mm, yeah well it's, it's a generation so the, like every generation like every t- round is a generation apparently so the game normally plays over about 15 generations so you know that's uh, it's still a while away but you know it's like us doing stuff but yeah number that is my number four and, and think, now i think oh, um, oh, just before we yeah, yeah. i think you're right the draft really takes this game to another level it does yeah and um you know like you said it's it's just that extra extra layer of complexity where you know you can try to not give not about what you need 
but about keeping certain cards away from other players, unlike Tom. The amount of times we have done, we've been sitting there and hear someone, I can't give that to Blake. I can't give that to Matt. <laughs> it's like the amount of times everyone says that, it really does change the game. It Except makes for it. time, Tom gave you all the Earth cards. Yeah, exactly right. Because you have to lift your head up and actually look at what everyone else is doing. You yeah. can't, if you want to be competitive in that game, you have to actually look up, and that does make the game. Yeah. Okay, and now in saying that, we've now done our top four. Now we come to the big boys. This is the medals. These are the big places where I think we're going to be seeing truly where everyone's kind of uh, top games are. This is our podium. This is the podiums. Here we go. So we're going to start with... Everyone should have have me pretty pegged at this point. I know I definitely got two of them, but I don't know what your third is. So we'll we'll figure out. We'll see. Okay, so starting with that, we're going to go into number three. I'm going to say this time... I'll I'll go again. I I feel like I'll go again. I'll go straight up. Okay, my number three is... Is Dead Reckoning. I put my Dead, Dead Reckoning up at number three. I had him on, had it on the list, but he was at fifth for me, so uh, that's higher than I expected. So, You're doing uh, well. You're doing well. yeah. So Dead Reckoning has already been talked about on has already been talked about. Yes, it has yeah, been. Yeah, I think it was on Matt. <coughs> yes, it was on Matt. So Matt is this is the pirate game that's relatively new. Came out this year, or was I say came out this year? Was backed uh, last year and then was delivered this year. And it is basically a the pirate game to end all pirate games. Currently, um, for me, I say that having never played Merchants and Marauders, and I do really want to still play that game, but Dead Reckoning to me does give you the feel of a grand Caribbean adventure where you get to make your pirate ship how you want it. Do you want to be a fast and speedy boy just going around going to islands, or do you want to be the warship who's literally saying, get the hell away from my 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 haven otherwise i'll blast you to, to pieces the game itself does come as we did talk about has a whole bunch of stuff that we really like but something we didn't mention was the way the battles ship the battle work mm-hmm. which is where you instead of rolling dice you drop cubes into this 3d model of a ship and they land in this battlefield and those markings where they land give you different things like hits money barrels etc and because it's, of all of that it's fantastic it is fantastic yeah. it really is fantastic and every uh, game that every we, element of the game we also didn't mention how you can build your cards up as well like no the, that's a fantastic we, yeah, mechanism the, the, yeah the the crew cr- the crew card crafting uh, crafting which is essentially every turn you're going to level up a character mm-hmm. and every island that you go to you can buy cards to give those characters special so you can make your and that's such it seems like sometimes such an inconsequential thing right like until someone has the captain that can just initiate battles whenever yeah. they want and you've got four cannons versus your one and you're yeah. like, oh my God, I didn't see that. Why was I focusing on the bosun for so long? It's, it's <laughs> one, another game with such replayability. And I love it that does. difference in the card um, card deck building where, you know, instead of building up your deck, which starts increasing in size and, you know, therefore it's, it's more diluted and mm. it's your deck size doesn't actually change. But the cards become more powerful in it. It's actually changing yeah. the initial cards. So it swaps out the cards. Of, yeah. Instead yeah. of building a, a bigger deck. You're evolving yeah. that deck without growing it. Yeah. 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 And it does feel like very much, very much like this is my crew. Because mm. I know what my crew is good at. Because yeah. I gave them the powers. And I know how this is going to work. So, yeah. Dead Reckoning is my number three. It is... Honestly, I, was, I knew I was going to like it. But I was surprised at how much I like it. And mm. it was up there. All right. So, we're going to go to Blake. We're I'm gonna just going to... Jump in here because I'm going to say that my number three is also Dead Reckoning. Ah, oh, that was the wow. third. Okay, that was the third. I was like, I wasn't. I, I, I should have realized it was going to be there, right? Yeah, this this game's just fantastic for me. It's it, every time we play it, it's just such a joy. Um, that mechanic where you're dropping cubes into a ship 
it's it's one of the best things I've seen in a board game. I still remember my first our first play of the game. Um, I think it was me and Tom, I believe, tied mm-hmm. at the end of the game. We were all reading the rules. Okay, what happens in the case of a tie? And the game straight up says, well, now you have one last showdown to the death. Everyone drops all their cubes. It's all or nothing. Um, final duel. And That's cool. It was it was so fantastic. I think it ended up being one shot between us, mm. all, all tied up on points, and it was yeah, it was everyone threw their hands up in the air. It was fantastic. It does take the randomness of a dice and transform how you feel. Like you never felt like you were gypped by the dropping of the cubes, and that's one of the big things about this game. It really does make you feel like a pirate without so without yeah. But you do feel like it's a lot of. Yeah, you do feel like this is my ship and yeah. you know, I'm going to be the dude who does this this game. But and even with the randomness of it, you even you may lose the battle, but you get a lot of booty a lot with it. Uh, you know, you get coins, you get um your your materials, your the barrels, barrels so, to go buy stuff, yeah. Um you're never upset about losing a battle or being initiated on. I think that makes one of the marks of a truly good game is when you can lose and not feel like you've had a bad night. Yep. Like you've still had a really good time. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So that's a good, uh, a very fine number three, if I do say there, Mr. Blake. Uh, Matt, we'll go to you for your number three. Number three for me. Okay, so in my list, where have we gone? We've had we've had the Warcraft game. We've had World War One game. We had the Pirate game. We went to the Wild West. Where haven't we gone? We haven't gone to space. So this is Twilight. No! Space Base. Space Base! Oh, space Base! Oh, no! <laughs> of course! I'm an idiot! Lost Space Base. <laughs> yeah, everybody. that's right. That's a great game. I, well, that night we played, what did we do? Like three, five, five games. We played five we games played in one, one night. Game. We right, played well, five games in one night. I'm surprised this is not actually my number one after that. I don't think I've ever played anything <laughs> five times in a single night. But I, I've loved it. It's... it's um. A simple, well, I shouldn't say it's a simple game. It's actually quite complex. You can check out is, our playthrough on our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's and me struggling to learn the game and getting frustrated halfway through, going, "Ah, oh, damn it! Now I'm going to start again and figure this out again." One day I'll crack a win out of that game as well, and that's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, what, we're, you're rolling two dice. You're building up what is essentially a um, space station, um, a space station. Um, and cre- and and giving yourself extra powers on certain numbers in um, amongst those uh, the twelve numbers you could roll. So you're playing the odds as well, and trying to build stronger items if you can on the um, more common numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can build great combos up between those numbers where they actually feed each other. So um, once again, and sticking to my theme, it's not overly adversarial. Um, you you know, but if you don't get the right card at the right time and someone else does, that can stuff you up. So, um, yeah, every time I played, I just had a, a rollicking good time, whether it was digital or you know on the table. It's it's been really good. I'm gonna blow your mind here, Matt. Um, so for I think like thirty or forty dollars, there's a campaign expansion for that game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, it's the right the Pluto, the Pluto one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, the, it's I've, I've it's already on my, it's on my uh, it's on your radar, is it? It's, it's on my uh, it's on my expansions of games that I really should get. Like there's a few there's a few expansions. Out I've there. never played I mean, it, but it, like it's but a fun game. I so would love to I play it. it. <laughs> uh, and it's one of those games as well. Like I'm thinking about buying my own copy of it even though anthony's got it and i'll probably yeah i've got it as well if you have to borrow it yeah it's it's one it's a game i want to own just for the memories of it really yeah which is impressive because i only played it six weeks ago for the first time (laughs) and it's still my number three that's the thing about top 10 list though it's like it's the feeling of a game you just know when a game hits you you're like this is in my list you just know and to round out our bronze medal ralph we're gonna round it out sure so um 
this game, I was kind of living with the in-laws uh, while we were building our house quite a few years ago, and um, my wife surprised me and bought me this $200 behemoth of a game out of nowhere. It is a solo game that I could like play tucked away in my little study corner that I had at my in-laws place. So that was really nice of us. Oh, so I, know. I think I know what this This game is. is Mage Knight. Oh, it's not that one. Oh, yes. Of course it is. Of course. So Mage Knight is a massive, uh, again, another kind of like a dungeon crawler game uh, where you play a mage that goes that enters this realm on a like a portal and uh you need to play cards to move so i might have a card that just says move four move two but if i power it with like a mana crystal it can be a move four so to move in the forest it might cost me three during the day but there's night phases in the game where if i move in the forest at night it costs me five movement points so you're constantly trying to maximize the five to eight cards you have in your hand for the most efficient actions every time because time is limited in this game time is always passing and um you basically go and you defeat a an orc uh and then you level up when you level up you do a bit of deck building you choose a card to go into your hand sort of thing uh and you verse different types of enemies across different terrains and if you beat a mage a fellow mage you uh get a spell card and then spells are really powerful so I literally, normally you play your five cards and then go to your discard pile, but I had a spell where if I triggered it with the right mana crystals, I can pick up all my cards and have another turn, like, uh, with that. So, there's so many combos. I've played this game 30 times. I think I've only won it twice. Um, For a game that you play by yourself, that's not, even, not good odds. He just didn't even, didn't even cheat and <laughs> just, like, fudge the odds. But that's the thing, like, there's so many rules in this game, it was really tough for me to learn. But it was the most rewarding experience that I've had to learn a rule book and watch YouTube playthroughs of people playing this board game. Uh, and just knowing I can sit down with pieces of cardboard for, like, two hours and have it to be super challenging and riveting and... Uh, like I've literally just been <laughs> in the lounge room now and like you have to defeat one of the main scenarios is defeating these two cities that are really tough. And when I d defeated one, like I did like a, an audible, like Yelp, like, like <laughs> yes. And my wife's just like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just playing my cards, <laughs> um, uh, just on my own. <laughs> um, it is such a rewarding game. Now I say solo game, you can play it between two and three, or I think four, I would never would do four. I've done many two player games, uh, I played one game with a friend who also plays it solo and it just flew by so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, it is co-op. Uh, you can do uh, competitive. Never will because the game is so tough. Um, right. So I think I've got a, a session queued up over Christmas. Uh, me and my friend Damien are showing two complete new players how to play the game as well that mm -hmm. also want to dive into the solo of it. So this is a game that was made in like the 90s, I believe, and is still in the top 100. Um, there's so many combos in here I just have not seen. So wow. yeah, awesome. really, awesome. really amazing game. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a that's a strong contender for our. Uh, for, that's a strong number three. Mm. I mean, I don't know what his number two is going to be. If that's the case. <laughs> All right. And saying that, now we move on to number two. We're going to start with Blake. We're going to start with you for this one. Yeah. So um, speaking of games that you just know, I've only had <laughs> one play of this game, and I know I've knocked a fair few board games down my list for just that. But I had one play of this game and I knew from the moment the box was opened and it was put in front of me on the board and that's Ark Nova. I love this game. This game is fantastic. Just the theme of building your own zoo. It, build, it brings back those 
memories of those zoo park builders. Yeah, the zoo tycoon. Zoo tycoon, yeah. you know, Jurassic Park, Operation Genesis on the computer, mm. building your building your zoo, your theme park, and uh, you know, keeping your keeping all the animals inside. And as soon as I saw those cards out, my uh, placeholder for holding the zoo and how you actually go about that, I was all in on the theme. And then it surprised me again one to two to three turns into the game when I realized that every single point that I wanted to try to do something, there was a mental roadblock. Like, oh, I can't do that because... Yeah. Oh, but then I... No, I could... There's a puzzle. Just, there's a puzzle. There's so much crunch to this game as well. And even though it is another one of those solid, you know, solitaire sort of games, there is a f- couple of abilities which um, you can use against other players. But this game, just, just the theme, everything hits home for me on it. And... Um, yeah, I, I really have considered buying this for myself. Yeah, I, I played the game once and I had to buy it. Uh, it was just such an interesting, well-constructed game there. And it's just, it's a relaxing journey game. You have you play, Everyone can play it for that two, three hours and just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah it was one of those games as well that uh, it didn't make my top 10, but I feel like I need to play it a bit more. It's certainly in my top 20 at the moment, though. Ark Never is, the, 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 honestly, the, the biggest comparison that most people made was basically it's terraforming Mars, but Zoo. Mm-hmm. But the only reason it's terraforming Mars is the amount of cards that they have and all the interactions that they have but other than that though the actual zoo puzzle itself was fantastic when we played it Mm. and i really like the scoring mechanic which is that you have you know the fame of your park versus the reputation or it's something like that the the tickets that you sell versus the conservation conservation you you can conserve to try and you know treat out help help animals out in the wild so the game ends when someone crosses the streams when your fame your conservation rating goes past your tickets so you could be just very famous and not conservative at all or you could be the opposite and you could be i'm going to just i'm doing this to save all the animals but i'm not really a famous like to do a lot of research but not really being famous Mm. take your pick how you want to play this game and i think yeah i i picked that as number two i I think i had your top i had your top two i definitely had your top two for for that but i think because i missed that week yeah you did it was not on my radar at all no i I knew that was going to be that was going to be the case all right so that's a, a good start for number two right I will go second for here for my number two. Um, and my silver medal has already been mentioned, but it is going to be Brass Birmingham. This is the game that I have played the second amount of t- most on this collection. It's not even my game, it's Matt's game. And Matt gave it to me, like he brought it over and we played it the first time, but we've played it so much he just said keep it here because we bring it every time we bring it over and we play, it's always going to be played here. And so um, it's one of those games that I'm literally going, I need to buy for myself just to have it because I don't know, you know, or just buy it off Matt and just go, but it is the one, the Kickstarter edition that has the clay coins. As we did mention, it is basically the, it is a route building game with, you're trying to, with a shared market, uh, sorry, not a shared market, a shared resource pool. Whereas you need resources on the board. So where do you get them from? Well, you can get them from the market or you have to take it from players on the board so as a player i can be i know that blake is going a iron heaven heavy strategy so i'm going to just fill the market with iron and he has to take from me and that was what i love this game because it's the i've it is the game that i've been the most successful at i will admit and i find that i'm very good at reading 
going, I'm just going to fill the hole. Like one game I just went, I'm just going to be the guy who makes only beer. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one on the market who was making beer. So everyone had to come to me. Yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> the beer baron. And I was the beer baron, right? And that, that game. so much, that game. Because like everyone was building, like I want to make a lot of rail tracks and I need my thing. I need beer to sell boxes. And The, the reason that one hurt though was because you have to have beer. So we needed you. Yeah. You don't need anyone else. And you, like, to, yeah. Damn it. And you guys had gone too far up the <laughs> other tracks God. before. Sure. So I'm like, okay, I'll just keep doing it. And yeah. so, but Bryce Birmingham, I've played it and even though I I know how the game plays the replayability comes not from seeing different things it comes from the board state never being in the same mm-hmm. it's never the same because you're always going well this game i'm now apparently over here well how do i make the best of it and mm-hmm. every time we've played this game i now go i've i i've all have an aha moment where i'll go got my strategy i know yeah. what i'm going for now and it emerges and we have this great game so i feel like a real idiot right because i when I was plotting out everyone's top tens, I left a space at number two, thinking there there was something that I was missing, like a wild card. Nearly. Yeah, and I had so I had brass at four, I had dead reckoning at five. I'm like, if I just had filled that if, thing, if everything would have shifted it down, straight in the place. For <laughs> yeah, me. you would have been fine. All right. So Matt, your number two. Let's. Well, my number two is still sticking with a pirate theme, um, and is another game that came out. Um, at least for me, was was just a, a chance a chance buy, um, but has had a lot of replay, and that was Tortuga. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, nice. yeah, and and in my dealings with the company that makes Tortuga, which the the, the family name escapes me now, um, but they're lovely people. They've the, the games they produce are really really nice. They look like little books on your shelf. Tortuga is a really simple game where you're playing as either the French or the Brits or, unfortunately, a Dutchman if we've got an, un- <laughs> an uneven amount of people on the... Um, I love it, the Dutchman, actually, yeah. Um, and we're just basically jumping ship with each other and trying to get, get treasure. Um, I won't spend too long on describing the game, but every time we've brought this out, with whoever plays it as well, it doesn't matter if it's you know someone who loves board games, someone who's you know would rather have, like Mum, a bit of Pictionary or something like that, Everyone enjoys the banter and the, the role play and the shoving around on the boats and being shafted to the desert island and having to <laughs> trying to figure out how to get off that. Like there is a lot, or sinking someone else's longboat and then not being able to get back on the ship and <laughs> that creating a, a, a catastrophe catastrophe for everyone. Um, but yeah, another game that easily fits in in your backpack and you can take it, you know, take it on holidays and bring it out any time. It's yeah, it was a it was a surprise. I bought the, the all four games. I think I bought Tortuga by itself first, yeah. as a, as just as a sampler. Have you checked um, out the other games? Yeah, I've got yeah. the other ones. Yeah, and I have. I think the only one I haven't played is um, is Bristol, which you played. Yeah, I've played it like three, four times now. Yeah, uh, fantastic. That, I think that's the, one of the best ones out of all the all of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, after we talked really about good. it, I really want to play it too. And we talked about it in a previous episode, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to doing that as well. So yeah, so that's my uh, my number two, my silver medalist. And finally, our silver medalist, our final one, Mr. Ralph, we come across the board to you. I have a feeling you guys got me pegged now for my top two. Um, so my <laughs> number one is a social deduction game called Blood on the Clock Tower. Son of a you haven't done your number two yet. <laughs> you haven't done your number two, Ralph. You this do your this number... is not my number two. That's Izzy's number two. That's my number two. That's why two. I'm saying, damn it. I oh, I thought you said it was your number one. No, no, no. Oh, two. I, thought, I swear I heard you say no. my number one is Blood on the Clock Tower. Ha- ha- like... Hello Kitty's my number one. <laughs> well, um, then I know what your number one is. <laughs> um, it has to be Cards Against Humanity. I'm I, sure I, of it. I have it around the wrong so, way. Uh, so Blood on the Clock Tower, I've mentioned it before uh, previously on the cast, but... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel but so it's, uh, cheap. Oh, actually, no, I had this in the right so way So it's around. a yeah, social yeah. deduction game, much like Werewolf or Mafia, where one person is the demon. Uh, however, everyone else is a good player that has powerful abilities. Um, and when you're dead, you're still in the game. You still talk to people. So it's a love a good social game. Um, I'll tell you about the game I played today, actually. So I played one of the more advanced scripts called... Um, I was the character called The Courtier. Ooh. And what they do is if they can correctly... If they just... At night, they say the name of a character, and then that character is drunk for the next three days and three nights. So that means that their ability does not work. And in the script, where you choose all the characters in the game, there were four demons in this one, and I worked with another player and, and guessed what type of demon we're going up against, and I correctly got that that demon was a Poe. So the Poe's ability is each night choose a player, they die, or... You can not kill anyone. The next day, you wake up and kill three players. Oh. So I kind of realized not many people died day one nor day two. So on day three, I was like, I'm going to use my ability. I'm going to make the Poe drunk. So we woke up. There were no deaths. We woke up the following night. There were no deaths. And I'm like, guys, I correctly oh. made them drunk. <laughs> oh, so you actually just named a character. A character that's oh. in the game. But because there's four different types of demons, you don't know what demon you're going right. up against. Yep. Um, so yeah, every game is different. We recently pl- played a game um, at Ingleburn Bowling Club just the other day, and we had 15 people turn up, most of which were strangers to each other. They left the room. I mean, I'm just complete friends laughing about the last two hours of the game that we just played. Um, so yeah, highly recommend Blood on the Clock Tower as my number two. <laughs> All right. I've got no idea what number one is. I know. Like, I've, I pegged so much value. Uh, you on guys, that. you I, guys know. I, I definitely know it. I don't know if Blake will. Yeah, know. I know it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Am I going to kick myself? No, I don't think you will. Because right. this is one, but it is You'll one. You'll know that. it too. All right. We're going, Ralph. Well, give us your number one. Oh, this my is number one. Number one. Here right, we go. This is the top of the list. Here do I, do I get a drum roll or something? Oh, there we go. So my number one pick is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition with the proce- Prophecy of Kings expansion. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you add on that in... List, but I didn't think it was number one for you. That's all. So Twilight Imperium is a massive... Yeah, I. Oh, so it's a massive game. It Typically for my group, it takes 10 to 14 hours for us to play this game. Um, and it's fantastic. We dedicate the whole day to it. Uh, a lot of people say Twilight Imperium is fun during the game until the last round or two for some people, <laughs> but uh, I, I, win or lose for me, I'm, I'm engaged in it the whole way through. Uh, there's a lot of backstabbing involved in this space opera social backstabbing game uh, where you kind of, you all you all play a race, you're all versing each other, but you have to work together with certain people, otherwise you're not going to get ahead in any way. Uh, you need to manipulate people, you need to know who to trust. Uh, it's such a great social game, and I love the event cards that change the game every time i'm assuming you may as well chime in here well yeah i mean i'll wait i'll we'll wait for for his reveal of no, let's <laughs> come on come on yeah, yeah we'll go with me join hands yeah it's like yeah i i am also going to put in my number one here because i yeah you got one right yeah you got one correct on my because my number one is also twilight imperium with the uh fourth edition with or without the prophecy of kings expansion i will say the expansion i do you can't you can't take it out i do believe it has sped the game up a lot of people say it hasn't but i go no it's added a lot yes but it actually speeds the game up i think because we finished a game at seven players in seven hours that was one day that was the what the the day where we had the wind explosion but tom 
Uh, if you don't, for, the, for the sake of the listeners, what was the wind? wind? Was an actual wind. It was an actual wind, a gust of wind. So we played it. We played Never it outdoors. We played it outdoors. We played it outdoors at my mum's house in summer. So if you in, and if you've been in Australia, normally it's not that windy during summer. It tends to be dry and very hot. And so this day it was dry and hot, except for one two-minute period where one gust got the corner of. So we, I put a, a sheet over the top of the table to because we had so many bits so I'm like well I don't want there was like yeah. an outdoor table so we put the sheet over the top except I didn't like put I didn't yeah, like strap, secure I, it, I didn't yeah. secure the sheet so a, a wind of a gust of wind got the corner one corner of the sheet and just blew it and then it just we we we, we ended up losing four cards and then it just kind of we put us back because it just kind of killed the momentum to try and get it all back we did and we played it but and it didn't kill too much getting it restarted was a bit hard but Tom did end up winning in seven and a half hours. Like he got to ten points. He had a four point turn in one turn, so he got a lot of points. All I'm all I'm saying is his was the corner that was uprooted. So you know, yeah, uh, we'll see. But yeah, like 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 Ralph said, it is it is my number one game because it is a space epic. The thing for me though that has made it one of my all time favorite games is the fact that the game plays not to domination but to point scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can race. you can and a domination victory for those of you who don't know is where you literally destroy someone you you knock them out of the game and that is very uh, common in civilization style games but twilight imperium whilst you can do that is not necessarily recommended unless you need to do so right there's no point going for my home system for someone's home system unless there's an objective to do so because you win the game by getting points not by dominating the 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 thing and because of that it's it, it changed the game completely because you can start making deals with people and say, look, I need to get in there to do my objective, and if you let me in there to do my objective, I will get a point and I'll get straight out. Cool. We do the deal. Right. Now that I'm here, I've, I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further, right? That whole idea. And so that's why, you know, for me, it is like, yes, it plays very long, but as you said, Ralph, the most important thing about Twilight is it is a game where you are consistently engaged from the get-go, and because of that, it is that's why. Like, it doesn't matter how long yeah. it is. I'm literally sitting there the whole time going, I'm so invested in what everyone's doing, and that's I, right. even if I'm not interacting directly. Because you can take your turn fairly quickly. It'll be half hour to your next turn, but dude you're watching other people you're talking to other people it's such an interesting making game. plans yeah and stuff yeah so number one and i mean as a shock to no one i mean look as we kind of said if you know me i've spent now nearly 500 dollars on the game including the games but then i also bought a two like a neoprene map to so play some, it on. some upgrades yeah. yeah some upgrades cards and stuff so no regrets I, I it truly is one of my favorite games all right uh we'll go to matt for your number one Russ? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's yeah, we, all, we all picked that. Russ Birmingham. Yep. Once again, I went through a phase of just buying games because I like they looked pretty on my screen and for some reason I seem to have a lot of cash to burn. I don't know what happened to that it's cash, ca- but it's all gone. It's called your late 20s when we all went through that Excess cash, what do I do with this? But I remember, because I bought it at, when um, Birmingham was um, re-released with um, Lancashire as well as a double double whammy. And as Nee said, like as soon as we brought it to the table, it it looked good. It felt good. We, I think, I think the reason it's my top game is not only because we've played it so many times and had a lot of fun, but because this was probably the first big box game that. I've explored with someone else. Well, we've been, both been brand new to it. Mm. And like, as you said, that first play with your, I think it was us and Tom in that very first one. 
we spent an hour just dissecting you know how could this actually work and what do we miss and then we picked up oh there was you know one rule here or two rules here that we hadn't quite twigged onto and didn't play and then we did that the next round and suddenly it got deeper and better and we realized we weren't refilling up one of the the um the industries as uh, the resources as, as we should have been and that changed the game again and once we finally i think we now you know hopefully we've by the eighth or ninth play we've had we now have all the rules down but it's still just solid from from beginning to end like it's fun to get out of the box it's fun to start playing as um as you said like it, it's and and as as blake said as well it's a game where as you as you're exploring it it's you I mean you, you know you never know who's actually winning the damn thing either which i i really appreciate because i don't usually win a lot of those big box games and so it's nice to get to the end and have a an aha moment and then realize how good someone's strategy was but how you didn't see that right mm. like why you i was watching you know you do the boxes at once i'm like that's, that's not gonna pay off. <laughs> that's a stupid strategy all right and sure enough there's 50 points at the end what the hell why, why was i not on that box I, I do love how it has the two act score it's like we play the game in two yeah. acts and the, we score at the end of the first act and now you can see oh matt had a really good start mm. and i'm now 30 points oh my god but then we always scored in the second act that whoever was last they get they have to score first so we always score them so it means that the oh, guys cool. in first so it's like you jumped to the head and now we start to see how everyone went mm. and there was one time where i think tom was in third you this mass oh no you were it was yeah. you were in third and you're this massive blitz and you're sitting there going I think I've done it, and I pipped you by two points. But it was like that moment of, like, he had the best second act we've ever seen, and all of a sudden it's just like he's sitting there going, that was when you were playing the Rail Baron. You are the only one just went, stuff it, I'm just building rails everywhere, and you nearly won it. We're all sitting there going, oh, my God! And look, that's why, look, it's my number two game for that same reason. It's so good. Just looking at my list, I also realize I love games where you don't know who's winning until the very end of the yeah. game and you can't do anything about it. Like, you know, games like Ark Nova, you really don't, you can guess, but you really don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I really enjoy that in that game. And I think that was, looking back at Cora mm. last week, there was one thing that it started like that mm. because there wasn't very many points being put on the board and all of a sudden, Blake just just, just ran away with it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's hard to then realign your strategy to think oh, how the hell do i get 30 points in this and, last two and even moves on the, um, on the next play that we had like i went a military strategy which was all in the glory end game scoring points so i think i started i ended the game like uh, right up until the final turn i had one singular victory point mm. and then i scored about 10 or 10 or 15 in the last round and then scored 70 in end game scoring which yeah exploded out of nowhere four points it was all still off. fell short but it was yeah it's it's nice to i do appreciate that end mm. game scoring where you're not quite sure who's who's ahead and then you know because that can be disheartening when you're mm. two or three turns out you can see how far behind you are and you just go oh, okay well, what's what's sort of the point of the rest of the yeah. game i know i've already lost worth if you have that feeling of i may still be in this you know you're, you're just playing to the best of your ability and then you get to the it end it makes you play more but coming back to brass there's been a couple of times when i think in the last two rounds or so we've had the sense that we might know who's kind of winning but there's still points to be had there's still there's combos on the board that we could really extract that last bit of juice out and that might be all we need yep. 
that's yeah. That, that's why it, it sits at my. And it just leads to yeah, those moments where you know you get pipped by two points and. You think to that one turn, you know, you go, I could have squeezed an extra three points out there and that would have been it. And Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, look, I, I picked that as your number one, but like, yeah, the, it, we, we all love this game. <laughs> mm. All right. And now final number one, round us out, Blake. I think we all know what's coming. I think you all do. It's Monopoly. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like <laughs> the end of the game. What a twist. Just get it. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I put um, I've put two together here. Um, it's terraforming Mars as well as the Ares expedition. Um, I had I had them both separate originally, and I think when they were separate, Ares rounded out about the six seven mark on my list. Um, but I thought about it a little bit more. They are basically the same basic game. Just Ares expedition is a little bit more um, slimmed down, plays a bit quicker. Um, it has a couple of new mechanics in it, but well, at the core of them, they're both the same sort of game, and I just I just love this game. The amount of plays that I get out of it, I'm never, ever bored of it. I play it online on Steam. I play it in person. I play the solo version, play with other people. I've got all of the new maps. I just I can't get enough of this game. It's it's really fantastic, and I've already kickstarted the dice version of the game. Yeah. I didn't do it specifically because I knew you were going to do it. I'm like, no, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Blake have this one because <laughs> I, I I knew as soon as I saw the dice game, he's gonna go for it because I, I I backed the Ares expedition, so we've got that one coming in early next year. So I look forward to playing that one in person. No, we've played it on TTS, but no, we're gonna be playing it in, in person when that comes in. So. I don't know why I, I literally hedged my bets with you, and I thought well, I'm just gonna put that as number two because there's something that I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know why. Well, look, I, if I'm being honest, if I got enough plays at Ark Nova, I can see it maybe getting there. Well, there is um, it's, um there it's, is an expansion they're working on for that. They're adding, like, sea creatures to it as well. Oh, cool. Uh, and there's already, like, I think six or seven different maps that you can play, but there's some more maps coming as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what a what a great... Totally, Matt. You want us to give that uh, that quick recap of the uh, the top fives for everyone? I've also given everyone nicknames. Oh, yeah, please do. Lists. Well, read out the top fives, and then we'll so, go to the nicknames. So Ra- I'm going to do it both in the same. Ralph, the top five. We've got Anachrony, Gloomhaven, Mage Knight, Blood on the Clock Tower, and Twilight Imperium. And I've nicknamed you the Campaigner. Mm. Oh, okay. You have quite a number of campaign-based games on yep, your list. That's fair. And also big box games that. Yep. Feel like a bloody campaign when you play them as well. I've got for knee search on Planet X is number five. Terraforming Mars, Dead Reckoning, Brass Birmingham, and then Ti. And you are the all rounder because your entire list, you've got a bit of everything. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I'll, there are worse things I've been called. Yeah. Very round these days. You've slimmed down. It's, it's <laughs> good, man. Yeah. Um, for Blake, we have in fifth root, then fourth Cora. Uh, Third, Dead Reckoning, Ark Nova, then Terraforming Mars. And you are big combo, big points. <laughs> I like it. BCBP. Well, all, of, all of the games that... You, well, just about all the games that you've picked, there is a, a strategy to annihilate the end game, right? And mm-hmm. I've picked up... Whenever I play with you, that's where your aim is. Your aim is, yeah, I'm going to start small and then... Have seventy points drop out of nowhere uh, at the end be- of the game. I do believe that could be like your, you know, that could be like a, you know, a philosophy quote. But like, <laughs> big combo. Big combo. <laughs> that, that, that's what he orders a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when does remember when life gets you down? Big, Big combo. combo. Big points. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mike. Uh, uh, I think that's a title. That's another show. Right <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, and your last five. My top five were uh, Crocodile, That's Pretty Clever, Space Base, Tortuga, and Brass. I didn't give myself a nickname. You're, so fa- you're the family I'm, guy. I'm assuming I'm family friendly. That's right. Oh, yeah, you're, I, I, you're, yours to me is always about your your very well not just about your family but family in the sense of anyone i think your collect i mean you guys can jump in here but matt's collection for me has always been about well let's get the kids around and by kids and your parents specifically as well getting around the table to mm. play i think the family guy absolutely um yeah. i did have one honorable mention that i wanted to Ooh, i would love bring to one too mm. <laughs> yeah um, please look it rounded out at about my 20 ish mark but that was only because we didn't get a full game of this um, completed. But I, what I saw, I really liked, and that's Shikoku 1889. I do have a feeling that this game could break my top 10, getting a full couple of plays in on it. Um, I love trains. I love rap building, train rap building games. This game seemed like it had a, a lot of meat to it. It was a lot to take in to learn, um, and that's why we didn't get the, the full game finished on the night. But... It just seems like it's, it's right up my alley. Yeah, I, I, my honourable mention is going to be one. Uh, I want to mention number 20, which is Rez Arcana. And the reason I want to mention that is because that would have been ranked way lower had it not been for you, Ralph, introducing to me that in person. So it didn't make the top 10, but it went flying up the list because yeah. now that I'd played it and I understood the game, I was like, yeah, that deserves to be a lot higher. Um, I'll never say no to a game of that. That's one of my favourites too. Mm-hmm. Any uh, honourable mentions from you? Uh, yeah, so... I've never really played living card games until the last couple of years, so um, I have to say Arkham Horror, the living card game. Um, what the the b- base game has three games in it, it doesn't do anything too amazing. It's more just to learn the mechanics. But when you start doing the first story campaign of it, the Dunwich Legacy, it's done things that I've never seen in a board game or a card game before, and it's replayable as well. Um, it's I'm really excited to dive more into the Arkham Horror series based off just completing that one campaign. It was absolutely incredible. My, um, I'm the only one who didn't put TI in my top 10. No, Blake didn't. Did you? No. No, yes, no you did. did. His, was, his was there. Did. Just wasn't as high as number nine. Sure. Was yeah, number yeah, one. Nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's because he played it once. If he's played it a few more, True. it would. I definitely think so. Yeah. True. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my honorable mention actually goes to Charterstone, which is probably the only. Have you finished uh, that? No, we haven't. Okay. And I think when we, when we like this was what, four years ago before we mm. were allowed to speak to each other in person for those couple of years. Um, yeah. It's probably the only game where I have made a point to, to attend every session. I, I loved it. It was, you know, little bits of, of an open up every single time. Um, it was the first game we stuffed quite, up majorly. And did every, we? yeah, we stuffed, I stuffed up the, like, cause we didn't have enough coins to do the initial, like we didn't give you, I uh, didn't give you and everyone enough coins, uh, but we powered through. But then the group that we had fell apart, mm. and it's still over there. And I bought the recharge. Yeah, pack, I, I would so like we to want to start go through the whole thing. So we're going to start it again. But yeah, that's that's good. Well, gentlemen, that um, brings us to the end of our top ten list, and that was epic. I can say that this is the longest podcast we've done. 
um but it was a fun one yeah Yeah. really good look i hope uh, the listeners out there i hope you start to get it this hope we reason we want to do this was to give you an idea of into our you know what we kind of enjoy what we really like and to give you an idea of you know if you like if you think we like a game maybe you'll like a game in the future if you think you relate to one of us in one of us so that's kind of why we want to go about this yeah and maybe you even heard a game us speak about a game just now and you're like oh i want to see more of that and there's some fantastic videos online on yeah. all of these games absolutely so with that said we are going to we're going to not hold you any longer we're going to get out of here make sure you go and check out our facebook group our website all of that stuff is there i'm not going to go through them just go to our website www.boardgamegateway.com all the links are there go check out any articles videos and all that other stuff so from myself ralph blake and matt we'd like to say thank you for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode bye everyone bye giddy up giddy up